I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Uh, Jeff says, what player, if traded, would net the best return? Hold on one second, Jeff. I'm going to pull up the 40-man roster. I have I have my answer, but I just want to make sure it's not dumb. Let's be honest, it's probably dumb. All right, 40-man. So here are the candidates. Jose Barrios. Uh, Jorge Polanco, maybe. Byron Buxton. And Eddie Rosario. One of those four guys. One of those four would get you the best return. I wouldn't trade any of them. I wouldn't trade Sano. I wouldn't trade Buxton. Certainly I wouldn't trade Polanco and Rosario. Of the six pitchers I was talking about earlier, I think uh, Gibson might get you the best right now. Yeah, I think that's what I think. Dan says, why not bring up six relief arms from AAA and let two or three stick, I'm sure, stick. Sell off every other reliever. I guess you could do that. I guess you could trade Hildenberger and Rogers and get something for them. You could trade Presley to a contender looking for cheap strikeouts. Um, I don't think you'd get anything for Matt Belisle. Or Addison Reed. Um, Matt McGill. Maybe you could get something for Matt McGill. He's been quietly good. But no, I wouldn't trade Hildenberger. I wouldn't trade Rogers. Um, I I just I think you got to play for 2019. And for me personally, I want those guys in the bullpen in 2019. But your mileage may vary. Um, if you're going to trade relievers, start with Fernando Rodney and Zach Duke. Let me say thank you to everybody who has dropped comments in. This is awesome. Um, some weeks we get a half a dozen people hanging out. Some weeks it's three or four dozen um, at any point in the chat. Like I know some people come in and then their boss comes by, so they got to duck out and all that stuff. But I appreciate you guys all coming by. This is super cool seeing all these questions. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Babo says, uh, trade Rodney and Zach Duke and Lynn if you can bring up the young arms for some seasoning, seasons and experience. Dozier and Escobar won't net a big return, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't dis I don't disagree with anything you said there, Babo. Uh, Rodney's a question mark for me. Duke is a trade-a-veteran, lefty, clubhouse guy. Lynn is a just move on from that experiment. Um, he's been good for the last, like, 10 starts or so. So maybe you get something for him. Probably not. Um, and and you can fill the rotation spot internally. Brandon says, have you looked at the Brewer system for potential names? What caliber of player for Escobar and Dozier package that was rumored a few days ago? So just to clear that up, Brandon, um, John Morosi said the Twins and Brewers are talking and that the Brewers are focused on Dozier or Escobar, I, that could make sense because right now their third base platoon is kind of uh, questionable. Or is it their second base platoon? 
No, Travis Shaw's playing third base for him, so their second base platoon of, like, Jonathan VR and Brad Miller, maybe, if I have that right. Hold on, let me check this, guys. I gotta get this right. This is a podcast. This means something. I just wrote about this the other day. How am I blanking? So, anyway, the rumor is, from Morosi of MLB, that those two teams are talking, and that it's not about pitchers necessarily. It's more about Dozier and Escobar. I've got a cute picture on the story of Dozier and Escobar, courtesy of the USA Today. Yeah, Tyler Saladino at shortstop ever since Orlando Arcia got sent down. By the way, I'd take Arcia in a heartbeat, but you're not getting that caliber player. Uh, Travis Shaw's at third base for Milwaukee, and then second base is where they've got the little timeshare going of Jonathan VR and Brad Miller. Dozier, if he's hitting like you expect Dozier to, is an upgrade there. Escobar, if he's hitting the way he is right now, he's an upgrade there. Even though I don't think uh, Escobar is a very good second baseman, uh, that's just me personally. I think his defense has been like way overrated by Twins fans, but still, you're adding something for your lineup. And to answer your question more succinctly, like no, I have not spent a lot of time studying the Brewers uh, system to see what you could maybe get. A lot of times I'll like rely on hearing that from people more than I will go in my own and see what their top 30 looks like because I could tell you what I think I would trade for Brian Dozier, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the Brewers think and David Stearns thinks. Like, do you want Brian Dozier? Yes. Do you want him for this cost? No. That to me is the central question for another team, like a contender like the Brewers, for example what they could get for him. So I'll definitely be looking at that more, Brandon. The next two weeks is a lot of travel for me, but uh, hopefully I can, I've got a convention coming up and I'm going to Duluth for the all-star break. Hopefully there's some time where I can just kind of duck aside and spend some more time looking at the trade deadline. And if Gibson gets traded, I'll find a coat closet and I'll be writing something up for sure. But yeah, Brandon, that stuff starts to come into focus a little more clearly here with like two weeks left to go before things get hot and heavy. And we should also say things could be getting hot and heavy at any time now. Like the Twins could get a text tomorrow morning that says, all right, yep, we're moving on this Escobar trade. You just never know. These things move uh, at sometimes unpredictable paces. Dan says Maurer is 249th in all-time hits and closing quickly. I can't tell if that's a compliment or an insult, but there's only 248 players that have more hits. That's not, that's nothing to sneeze at. And Twins all-time, he's up there with the greats. Let's see, we've got a few more of these and then it's lunchtime, I know. So, Matt says, what's up, Matt? Thanks for stopping by the chat, man. Um, Given the length of his track record and the market we saw last winter, I'm not sure Escobar walks away from the QO. And do you want him at that rate, or do you want to move on to young infielders? So, Matt, it's that is the central question to me. I think that Dozier and Escobar are the two biggest questions you have to ask yourself if you're the twins at this trade deadline. And it's not, like I said, it's not about the trade. It's about what prospects you get in trade versus the QO risk versus prospect in the draft. 
if you get that compensatory pick. And I agree. I don't think Escobar would walk away from that. What I'm saying is I wonder if you – do you want him at like, you know, 2 and 30 or something like that? Or do you want him at whatever? I don't know, 3 and 40. Like, I mean, I'm saying try to get yourself a good deal if you think he's a three-win player for the next couple of years. Um it's worth inviting the conversation at least. Um, they obviously they decided that the extension wasn't worth it for Dozier, and I don't disagree. Like you maybe don't want his age thirty five season, but if you're the Twins and you extend the qualifying for Dozier, I think I'm fine to pay for his age thirty one, thirty two season. That that to me is fine. Escobar slightly different story, and like I said, kind of contingent on your opinion of Miguel Sano, which honestly might be evolving. Your opinion today might be different than your opinion on August 13th if he's just, like, killing it at your assignment of go down to Florida, sweat, get back in shape, and all of that stuff, and you're just like, yeah, okay, I'm convinced this guy's turned to maturity corner. Then great. Then maybe you do feel more confident at third base and you're fine to walk on from Escobar. Um, my, my only thing, Matt, would be if you say Escobar... Like, if you say goodbye to Escobar because you want to go with the young players, I'm a Nick Gordon guy, but what if Nick Gordon gets up and you're like, you can't accept this level of defense even at second base or whatever. You know, the jump from AAA to the majors turns out to be very great, and he's running up like a 290 Woba or something like that, and you think, ooh, I wish we had another infielder here. At that point, $18 million, if you're paying him to be like a two-win player, Escobar, that is, that seems to look like a pretty good deal. Um, and like I said, and I think you and I would agree on this, 2019 is a year that the Twins could really be a postseason team, and you have to factor in, like, are you trying to win every contract in a, on a cost-per-win basis? Or are you just saying, okay, Maurer's off the books, Santana's off the books, Hughes has been greatly diminished on the books and we're fine to spend a little bit to make sure that we're solidly confident in every position. Um, anyway, I, I don't think we disagree on anything I just said, but what, what I'm saying is I don't disagree with your point that Escobar might not walk away from the qualifying offer. My question in response would be, are you okay with that? Um, I might be. I might be okay with that. Boy, Kyle Gibson's looking good. All right. Brandon says, would you offer Dozier a qualifying? And I would. I I mean, the question comes down to what could you get for him at the deadline versus the qualifying? And that, to me, is a little bit murkier because I don't know what his market value is. I don't know what kind of prospect you're going to get for Dozier. Um... But if I'm the Twins, I would figure that out. I would go to the whatever. Maybe there are five suitors that could use a Brian Dozier. And I would say, all right, what can we get? And I would just be honest. <laughs> I'd say we're weighing this against the possibility of offering them qualifying, and we'd be happy to pay him for age 32 $18 million for next year and be our second baseman. That, to me, is uh, the way to go about it with other teams because they're smart. They're going to know what you're trying to decide against. If all you say to them is, beat that and he's yours, then fine. I'd be okay with that. But Brandon, to ask, answer your question 
as directly as possible, yep, I would be fine to offer Dozier the qualifying. All right, Jamie says, Jamie says, unless I heard you wrong, I thought you said the Twins should trade six pitchers. I can only come up with Lynn, Gibby, Duke, Rodney, and maybe Anderson. Who am I missing? Well, anyway, let me just answer your question, Jamie, because uh talked about it a little bit, so I won't dwell on it too much. I mean, it's on the earlier part of the video if you just want to replay it. But Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, Zach Duke, Fernando Rodney, and then the Dark Horse, Ryan Presley. Those are the six. Justin. Justin says, with the recent surge, do you think it will be a full sell mode or they'll try to do both, buy and sell? I think that the Twins right now are telling other teams that they are sellers, and I think what they sold last year still holds true, that they are not mutually exclusive. That's what I think. Ken says, didn't have fastball command, and he must be talking about Blake Snell because I am into the third inning here, and I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, let's see. Eric Wall says, uh, couldn't throw strikes, three ball counts all night. Yep, I'm guessing those two responded right when I said, what happened to Blake Snell? And, yeah, I'm in the uh, – I just saw Dozier's base hit in the bottom of the third, so that's where I'm at in the game, and uh, you guys are right. See, Jake joined the chat. Don't know if you're still here, but hey, Jake, thanks for coming by, man. Eric says, uh, one year and $18 million wouldn't be bad. Would rather see that than something like 5 and 85 And if you're talking about Dozier, yes. I would not go 5 and 85 on Brian Dozier. Uh, Greg says, $85 million is a lot of money to me to give a player who will be 36 by the time that contract's done. 37. Yeah, wow. Anyway, uh, Greg says, you said the pitching rotation would be okay without Gibson. Who do you see in the starting rotation going into next season if Gibson does go? Greg offers Barreos, Romero, Odorizzi, Pineda are four I can think of. Yep, you nailed it. That's four. Um, Adalberto Mejia would be okay. Steven Gonzalez might be okay. Um, Trevor May would be okay with me. Um, who am I missing? I gotta be missing somebody. I'm scrolling through their 40 man. Zach Littell, although it's hard to say. Aaron Slaggers. Some good, some bad from him so far in his big league career. Yeah, I don't know. Did I? I don't know if I answered that question. Uh, Okay, so you've got Boreos, Romero, Odorizzi, Pineda, and I'll just add in, like, Adalberto Mejia, Steven Gonsalves, Aaron Sleggers, Trevor May. i got to be forgetting somebody. I'm looking at Rochester's uh, depth chart right now. Sometimes when you get live on a video or re recording a podcast, these, like, facts that should be obvious to you don't always stand out. Uh-huh-huh. You just sort of lock up. But yeah, no, I don't know. I think you got it. I think you for sure got the four, and then you look, try to find a fifth in that group of four that I just mentioned. 
And then uh, you also just could go get a free agent, too, if you really felt the need. And Irvin Santana's going to have a $14 million option, but uh, not sure that you're going to necessarily pick that one up. By the way, I know I, I might have sounded like I said I'm off the Robbie Grossman bandwagon at the beginning of this video, but he just drove an RBI to the corner, so you must have misheard me. Still driving the bus. Jamie's got a question here on lottery tickets. Jamie says, I hear what you're saying, that everyone's on the trade table for the right price, but starting pitchers being such a high priority. Oh, and Grossman's going to score from second. This Twins team's playing better lately. I know they're playing some bad teams, but Jorge Polanco's back. All right, Jamie says, I hear what you're saying, that everyone is on the trade table for the right price, but starting pitchers being such a high priority, wouldn't it make sense to keep Gibson instead of trading him for a lottery ticket? Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade Gibson for a lottery ticket. I would trade him for like maybe a low-level pitching prospect or a couple of prospects. I would try to get like bulk value from that, um, knowing that, you know, look, you're probably not going to sign him in free agency, so you've got a year and two months of Kyle Gibson left. How many wins is that worth in your current competitive window versus extending that window and getting some prospects? It's a fair point, Jamie, and, like, I'm not even going to disagree with you. I won't fight you on it. Um, if you think that 2019 is a year you can win and you think you're just going to get a lottery ticket a lottery ticket prospect for it, then yeah, hang on to Gibson by all means. Keep him, let him pitch in 2019, offer him the qualifying, and let him walk after that for richer pastures. That's fine. I think that would be a reasonable path to take if you're the Twins, uh, especially if this guy's for real and he's a mid-rotation starter for next year. That's a pretty decent starting rotation. Barreos, Gibson, Odorizzi, Romero, fill in the blank. Michael Pineda, like, there you go, that's five. And then you're talking your Mejias, your Slaggers, your Gonsalves, your Trevor May. Those maybe are depth guys, or maybe May goes to the bullpen like he has this year for Rochester. Like, you start to have options at that point because of all the pitching depth. Um, and they still don't have, like, you know, outside of Barrios, they still don't have, like, that top-end starting pitcher, so it can still be improved upon. But it's a good place to be to have a bunch of mid-rotation starters. All right, Tony says, I have an oddball question. Good, we always like those. How long are we going on this video here? I won't display. So Tony says, I always wanted to ask before, how come the media isn't harder on the Twins at times, like harshly calling out players? Just curious. Well, that depends. Like columnists, you can be pretty rude. Because you probably only have to go 10 times a year. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But, like, if you're a beat guy and you have to talk to players every single day, and let's be honest, you're just held accountable in person, I think that is a real thing. That's why I try to go to so many Twins games, and technically I'm a columnist. But if I write something like the Twins should trade Fernando Rodney and Rodney gets mad at me, I want him to be able to have the last word. So I'm standing in the clubhouse. If he wants to come over to me and bark and say, like, how could you say this? You know, whatever, whatever. I don't think he would. I'm just using it as an example. 
then I think that's only fair. So that's probably the answer to your question, Tony. But I also think that there are sometimes like Twitter is way harsher on the twins than they deserve. And I'm trying to just sort of straddle that line of fair criticisms only. Um, yeah, if you're just sitting back and launching grenades, like that's not fair. You'll lose respect pretty quickly. Um, some grenades are warranted and a well-placed timely grenade is better than throwing a hundred, um, and hoping that three of them go off and hit a target. Like that's, it's a good question, Tony, but that's, I don't know if that's a satisfying answer. Just let me know if, if you got any more questions on the media dynamic, I could talk about that all day. Harold says, is there a time MLB games can't start after a little shock to see them start around nine last night? No, I don't think so. If there is, I haven't heard about it. Eventually, they'd just say this is postponed or delayed, but, um, or, yeah, I, I don't know if there is a hard time in the, like, collective bargaining agreement or something. Dan says, any word on possibly extending Dozier? Uh, haven't heard. I'll check on that. Jamie says, just got here. Can you repeat everything you've said up until this point? All right, from the top. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, yeah, just hit replay when I'm done with this. Or if you don't want to watch the video because you're bored of my living room, you can just download the Touch 'Em All podcast. Brandon says, what do you know about the latest international signing? The outfielder from Venezuela, I'm guessing you're talking about. I, I don't know much. I used to follow prospects way more closely. Uh, there are just smarter people than that, smarter people than me on that. So now I try to focus on like pretty much the 40 man roster. And beyond that, I leave that to, yeah, people who spend way more time swimming in those waters. So sorry, I can't help you. Um, Joseph. Joseph says, wait it out. And he's talking about the trade deadline. They're only seven, seven back with the Indians playing the Yankees. And the Twins play them a lot. Yeah, you'd have to go like pretty much undefeated against the Indians to make this happen, and I, I don't know. I think the odds of that are kind of like flipping a fair coin, you know, 50 times in a row or something. Maybe it's not quite that steep, but I think you're unlikely to go undefeated against the Indians. Stan says hello. Hi, Stan. Thanks for coming by. Chad joined the chat, and Ryan... Hello, Schlitt. Steve says, Ha, I tuned in, posted a question, took a call, and then came back in time to say to hear Derek say, That was a long-winded answer, Steve, and I agree. <laughs> Which is perfect. Uh, yeah, sorry, man. It was a long-winded answer. I remember that one. I got going and going and going. Uh, hit the replay. Hit the replay. You know about where the question was answered and then just rewind like 14 minutes from that to hear me start rambling. Uh, Matt is answering the question from earlier about who nets the most in a trade. He says it's Boreos in a landslide. And I think that Rosario would give him a run for his money because of... Boreos has the higher upside and is more valuable if you're talking about like dollars per win. And as a guy at the top of the rotation, you'd be happy to take that. 
any team in the league would be happy to have Jose Barrios right now. But if you're talking about the sort of like security of Rosario, which is to say that like you're pretty sure he's going to be a three, four plus win player for the next three years. And you're pretty sure he's not going to get hurt and miss an entire year like could very easily happen with any pitcher in baseball. Um, that's why I'd be tempted to say, like, depending on where you are in the win curve, like, this is a bad example because the Yankees don't need outfielders. But if you're the Yankees and you know you're set for five years, you'd be more tempted, I think, to take the low risk of a position player than to gamble on a you know front-end starting pitcher. Maybe if you're the Yankees, you'd rather have Barrios because you want the pitching, but... I'm just saying, like teams that are that are up there that you think are going to be 95 win teams, um, I think I'd be tempted to take the low risk. If you're already rich, do you invest in bonds and like metals, or then do you want high volatility stocks? I guess that's the question. And not being rich, I wouldn't know that. Uh, Robert says, sell Dozier and Barreos for Gary Sanchez. Trade recommendations, always welcome on the Touch Em All podcast. There you go, twins. That's a free one. Kevin says, sell the team. Okie doke. That's also free. Nate says, what is the status on Buxton? Will Santana pitch this year? Yes, Santana will pitch this year. Uh, he's going to be at AAA Rochester, I believe, on Sunday is the latest that I've heard. And uh, then I'm curious to see if the twins open up a spot in the starting rotation for him. Or if they just give that uh, Sunday spot, if that's Sleggers, I don't know who makes the next start, but maybe that's Santana after the break. I don't know that either. I do know that Irvin Santana is currently not being considered for that spot. That is what I was told, um, so I'm going to go with that. Trust the person that said it. That uh, Maybe you'll see him after the break, but I don't think you'll see him before the break. On Buxton, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't at Target Field last night, so I, I haven't actually heard the latest update on that. Um, I'll have to check back for you on Buxton, but you saw that he uh, had to come out of the AAA Rochester game, and gosh, anytime that happens, not having seen the injury or, or know the full extent of it or, or whatever it was, yeah, that always makes you nervous with Buxton. Bradley says, seven and a half back now. Why not buy and win the AL Central? Well, I think you could buy, and I don't think you'd win the AL Central. I'm going to pull up the Fangraphs playoff odds. These are using a meld of your current record, your rest of season projections, and your preseason projections, and they say the Twins currently have a 2% chance to make the playoffs, and that would not be good enough for me to trade prospects and try to add to this team. That is my two cents. see what else we got so yeah bradley i just like i don't think that's a i don't think that's a winning bet you could and certainly they did last year they came back from long playoff odds but i wouldn't make that bet if i was the twins dan says is sano if sano is not ready by next season would you consider making an offer to mike mistakis he seems to hit pretty well at target field yeah he does he gets to face twins pitching a lot this year, that's not a fair shot to take. So I'll just back off of that. I retract it. And uh, Sano, 
I don't know. I think I personally would make a leveraged bet on Sano being the third baseman, Buxton being the center fielder. I think short of that, it'd be tougher to make sort of that championship caliber team work. Jamie says, you answered my question already, plus the you got it sign, or what? what is that? Okay hand sign. Nick says, trade Wetmore. Yep, that's the new pinned comment. Agreed. And, heck, if the Twins had any say, maybe they might. I'd probably be DFA'd, actually. I don't think you'd expect to get more than a bucket of bubble gum. Tony says, that was a good answer. Um, I think the fans are much more unforgiving. Uh, he's talking about the media criticism question. Um, I just feel so cynical and angry when the team is struggling and it seems the players don't care. But you insiders have more info than we do and need that professional relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But also, like, I can just say that I know it's not true that the players don't care. If I thought it was... If I thought that was true, if I thought anyone showed up to work and was just like, well, whatever, we're seven and a half games out, so screw this, I don't care about my start, I'd light him up. That would be a column in a second. But I just don't think that's true. Like, I, I don't think of it. Anybody I know on the 25-man roster who actively doesn't care about not only their 2018 results, but, like, their career. So I just, I just don't think that's true. Um... Sam says, how many wins for the Twins this year? Maybe, maybe, seventy-seven. I don't know. I'd have to do some math on that one before I felt good about answering that. Uh, hey, Derek, do you do any appearances at 1500 ESPN events? Or maybe this summer at the fair would be great to hear and see you in person. Yes, Tony, you can come out and see me at the fair for sure. I'll be on with Mackie and Judd uh, Mondays 11 to noon or 11.30 to noon, I mean. So, yeah, if you're at the fair on Mondays, come on by. Be glad to say what's up. Um, we've also kicked around the idea of doing a Touch em All podcast in person. But we haven't uh, – well, frankly, we haven't sold that yet. So – We've got to we've got to get our ducks in a row, um, and there are just a couple of other projects that are in line before that. But yeah, definitely, I do some appearances. Um, I don't think they really advertise that. I'm not a huge name, but um, if you want to come out to the fair, I'll definitely be there at a minimum. Let's see what else. A couple more, and then I gotta run, guys. We're already into the fourth inning, and it is well past time for a lunch break. Sal says Cave is doing pretty well at center field so far. Yeah, I like Jake Cave. Uh, nice little player. A little bit of power, some speed, and looks like he knows what he's doing defensively. I mean, he's not Byron Buxton, but if he's your fourth outfielder, um, you could definitely do worse. I, I like Jake Cave. Greg says if Dozier leaves, who is the veteran clubhouse leader? Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how many guys take their cues from Dozier, but I'm thinking around the diamond. I mean, if Maurer's back, that one's an easy one. 
Um, can't really be Polanco or Sano. They're too young. Jason Castro's uh, sort of the quiet leader type. Rosario, I guess. Rosario, I, I feel like you need to have a position player and a pitcher or several. So for that reason, maybe that's a little bit tougher of a question to answer. Mark asks for thoughts on Cave, and wouldn't you know it, I just gave him. So uh, that is the final question. I, I appreciate you guys all coming out today. I appreciate the people who've shared this. Um, and I appreciate the pinned comment that said trade Wetmore. That was fun too. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who shared this video out with people. That's awesome. That's the way to grow the word. Um, if you're listening on the Touch em All podcast, go check out my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB. If you're on my Facebook page, please check out the podcast. It's Touch em All. I would just ask if you like the podcast, give it a like or a five-star rating on iTunes or something. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the more legit we look to people. And uh, there, yeah, there are two, two ways that that can help us. And one is just internally, we can go to our bosses and say, look, we need to keep doing the podcast. Twins fans like it. It, uh, it makes it harder to pull off that lie if we don't have a lot of iTunes reviews. So anyway... That's it for me answering questions. I sure appreciate you guys coming out. Um, Monday, I'll be on the Mackie and Judd show, 1130. Just like, uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. I'm off this week. Scratch that from the record. Enjoy your guys' all-star break. I'll be watching some of the Futures games, some of the Home Run Derby, and probably the game. Um, Let me know what you think, and then I'll see you guys on the flip side of that break. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, happy trade deadline season. Bye.